Bucks fans. Happy Wednesday. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And we are going to take your questions. If you're not already watching on the Facebook page, you can head on over there, leave your questions for us in the comment section. While we give people a chance to do that, I figured we'd start with just some of your takeaways from OTAs so far, the, you know, the one that we had yesterday and today's practice is a few minutes away still. So what we learned from yesterday and the, the days since our last show, and then also some of the media availability. I know Bruce talked yesterday, Anthony Nelson, Ryan Griffin. What were some of your takeaways? Well, the Ryan Griffin part is interesting because he's one of the few veterans uh, who's participating. Most of the others are taking, you know, participating in their own uh, workouts with Tom Brady. And it's interesting. He has pretty good logic for it because he says when it comes to the preseason, these young guys are probably the guys he's going to be playing with. You know, when they get into those preseason games, Tom Brady plays with the starters if he plays much at all. And Blaine Gabbert could be the next one in Kyle Trask. So um, Ryan Griffin is right that he's probably going to be throwing to these young guys that are on the back end of the depth chart right now. They're trying to work their way up it, of course. So he wants to build that rapport with them. And um, you've seen him do that in previous years. He's, he's been really good at that. He's been very good in the preseason. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting also that uh, one somebody asked him during his media availability, when you look at the the quarterback situation for the Buccaneers, you have Tom Brady, who's obviously the starter. You have Kyle Trask, who is it'd be very, very unusual to draft a quarterback in the second round and then he doesn't make the roster. So let's assume he's on the roster. It would also be very unusual for any team to carry four quarterbacks these days. So if you have three, it certainly, it certainly seems like Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Griffin would be battling for that third, that probably the second guy, but one of the three and, uh, and Bruce Arians kind of pushed back against the notion that Ryan Griffin is the odd man out in that picture. But Ryan did say that if the way it worked out was uh, one of the, you know, maybe him or, or one of the veterans ends up on the practice squad that he's open to that as well, just some way to be here helping the team. Okay. And looking at what Bruce said as well, what were some of the takeaways from him and some of the things that he addressed in his media yesterday? Well, I know he'd like to have a few more guys there. Uh, every coach would probably like to have the whole team there, although he's made it very clear that even if Tom Brady and, and many of the starters were there, they wouldn't be practicing much. He would still be devoting almost all the time to the young guys. Uh, but there's probably a couple guys he'd like to see in there. But, you know, again, these are voluntary and that's what they are. And, you know, next week we have the mandatory mini camp and he'll get to work with everybody. Uh, but right now, coaches across the league just have to work with whatever players are, are showing up for these workouts. Yeah, and Giovanni Bernard was the only running back at practice yesterday, um, which is kind of fun for us to get a chance to see him since he is one of the, the new additions. Um, what do you feel like his role could be and what they they hope for him? Well, yeah, he got a lot of action and he, he looks pretty good. And he's obviously a very natural pass catcher. I think he's third in the league among running backs in, in pass catches. Uh, pass catches is a weird way to say that in receptions uh, since uh, he came into the league over the last eight years. So, and he looks very much the part and uh, you start to figure out how that running back, that depth chart, the the touches, the, the receptions and the, and the handoffs, how that's going to be divvied up when you also have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn. But uh, Brian Griffin for one said, he thinks that Giovanni Bernard is going to have a big role in this offense and is going to catch a ton of passes and that Tom Brady's going to love him. So, uh, you know, obviously you look at him as an analog to James White, who uh, Tom Brady threw to so much while in New England in recent years before coming to Tampa. And uh, it's just, a, I think he can do that. I think Giovanni Bernard still has a lot left and can do that. It's just, how are they going to split up all the, uh, all the snaps between those running backs has yet to be determined. It'll be interesting to see. But like I said, Ryan Griffin, for one, thinks he's going to do a lot. 
And I know Bruce also talked about Jaden Mickens sort of mentoring Jaden Darden. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on the two of them and, and what, you know, he could offer in that mentoring area and what it means in terms of those two guys. Are they the ones directly in competition with each other for a roster spot and, and how you see that shaking out? Yeah, it certainly looks that way. I mean, the, the Buccaneers are so loaded at wide receiver that you can count down to six uh, without, you know, without having anybody that seems like a bubble guy. And you usually carry six. Sometimes we go up to seven. We did that for a little while last year. But it it would seem unusual to devote two spots to receivers who at least this year, their primary thing would probably be in the return game, which is probably what Jaden Mickens would be. It's what he was last year. And it's probably what Jalen Darden would be if he makes uh, the roster and most fourth round picks do make the roster. So I think they probably have some ideas for Jalen in the offense, um, but I doubt he'd have a huge role early on, given all the other receivers that we have to get the ball to. So, yeah, I could see those two guys being in direct competition. So it is kind of an interesting dynamic when Jaden is out there um, one on one while other receivers are doing other things sort of teaching uh, Jalen little tricks of the trade in the NFL, because there are differences to the rules between college and the NFL and little nuances. Like um, I, the reason why coach Aaron's was at, was talking about that was because somebody asked him about it because this was taking place right in front of where all of us in the media group were standing. I mean, it was close enough. We could even hear what they were saying. And as an example, one thing that uh, Jalen, Jaden was teaching Jalen was that rule about if you're on a kickoff, if you're feeling a kickoff and you put one foot out of bounds and you feel the ball, even if it's in bounds, that's a penalty on the kicking team for the ball going out of bounds. It's kind of an obscure rule that not everybody knows. And, and Jaden was making sure that Jalen knew that that was just one of a lot of different scenarios he was going through at the time. And of course they had to make it confusing on all of us with Jalen and Jaden as we try to talk about this. It's just this, we're going to screw this up a million times, I'm sure. Um, all right. Bobby asked uh, with OJ Howard coming back healthy, do you think the team will implement more two tight end sets? Well, they already did up it some last year and you know, there's only so far they're going to go with that because um, the Bucks, like most teams, almost every team in the NFL, their primary package, the one they use most often is 11, which is three receivers and with the receivers we have, you can understand why they would want to get that on the field a lot. But yeah, the, last year, I don't remember the exact totals, but from 19, 2019 to 2020, it went up somewhere like we were in 12, which is two tight ends personnel, um, 19 or 20%. In 2019, it went up to more like 24, 25% last year. So with Rob Gronkowski arriving, obviously, um, that became a more common uh, or personnel package for us. And yeah, I do think when you have... Um, Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard as a possible pairing and Rob and Cam Braid and OJ and Cam Braid. Uh, there's a lot of reason to want to want to get those two guys on the field as well. So yeah, I could see it. I don't think it would go up a whole lot, but it could go up a little bit perhaps. I know that another uh, group that was a little thin in the workout yesterday was inside linebacker. It was basically just Grant Stewart and KJ Britt holding down the fort there. Um, what have you seen from the two of them? And I mean, we know obviously inside linebacker, one of the most secure positions in terms of starters. Uh, but then we also talked about it was one that didn't have just tons of depth in terms of numbers of guys. So where do you see them keeping how many of those guys? How did the two of them look so far? How quickly are they, they picking things up and what that position group could end up looking like? Yeah, one of the reasons why that group is thin is there seems to be a bunch of guys who them and their wives are having having babies right now. There, there's at least two or three guys out for that reason, including a linebacker we signed not long ago named Joe Jones. So hopefully that's going well for all those couples. But, but uh, yeah, it was just the two rookies, and the you know there's no contact. 
there's not a lot of 11 on 11. So there's not a ton that you can tell. Uh, I guess the most important thing is that Bruce Arians said from the rookie mini camp to these OTAs and then from week one to week two, both of those guys, Britt and Stewart, are, um, are really doing a good job of retaining. And, and so they're able to build on what they did the week before rather than having to go back and, and continue installing that. So that's made coach happy. I think with, when it comes to KJ Britt, we're not really going to see the true, um, you know, greatness to his game until there's more hitting because that guy's a hitter uh, yeah. first and foremost, and you can't really do that right now. So we'll see that maybe in August and September. Yeah. I always feel so bad for the defensive guys trying to make the team right now. And they're just so hindered with all the rules of contact and everything wide receivers can still go out there and make these great catches and look all fancy. And then, yeah, so many of your defensive guys, they're just having to be like, Oh, yep. I would have gotten you. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. They get, they get the occasional interception and that's the big splash play that everybody remembers. Yes, that's very true. Um, Richard asked, how's the competition for the fourth tight end spot between Hudson and McElroy going? And who do you think has the edge? Well, I think Hudson has the edge. Um, I did see Cody, Cody make a couple of nice catches yesterday. Um, it's just, I just think that the coaches really like Tanner Hudson. I, I think if there wasn't so much depth, if we didn't have Gronkowski and Howard and Brait, that they would have already had him on the field a lot more. Um, so I just think he's ahead of Cody on the depth chart. Uh, you know, I do. It, that is obviously a place where a guy could make a move. Cody could make a move. Uh, so keep an eye on that one, but I would put Tanner ahead right now. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks for all those great questions. And we will be back here next week. Uh-huh.